Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Focus Testing, a movie about movie about movies and podcast about movies where we make a movie. A movie. I do that all the time. Got to work oh, on that. Yeah, off to a great start. Um, my name is Tristan Miller, as always, and joining me today is Blake Rourke. How are you, Blake? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, so you. Just discussed a little bit of uh, the origin behind your uh, Twitter handle. You said it's an improv character you used to do. So you is that where you started liking movies and improv? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like in terms of starting movies, that goes way back when uh, when I wanted to watch Jaws. I was like, I want to say eight or seven, which maybe maybe too young to see Jaws. Mm-hmm. In some of those scarier scenes, but you know, just when you're a kid, like you love sharks. Like, oh, this is a movie about a shark. This is great. This is just for me. But I think it was like in the middle of watching it, it's like, oh, these like these are these are characters I care about. Like this is an emotional story wrapped around the cool scenes of a shark. Like I didn't know they could make movies like this. Like when you're that young, like you mostly <laughs> yeah. like watching the kids' films your parents take you to, but mm-hmm. and like that was like the huge VHS tape where it's like one tape was the movie and the other tape was like how they made the movie, and that like blew my mind. So like I think I watched that making of tape more than the movie itself and that just like really sparked my interest like okay this is how these things get made like this is a, a group effort this these things take years they take a lot of work but if if it works out just right lighting in a bottle we get some amazing things out of it and yeah it's kind of a long way uh, i've never really been the best in terms of the uh the technical <laughs> side like i think when i was in film school uh cameras lighting that was just like a foreign language when I was having to like study up on those, but the creative side, like the an- analysis side, uh, just fascinated me. So that's kind of really found my niche. And yeah, I, I did love to perform at high school and I had the character Neil Nevins, which is my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone wants to find me there, not my actual <laughs> name, but uh, what may I ask? What did, um, what did Neil do? Am I speaking yeah, to Neil, Neil now? May I speak to Neil? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is uh, inside the actress studio. Um, yeah, exactly. Can you, can you give us? Can you give us the Neil Nevins? Nevins, yes, precisely. My, my yeah, it was like for group scenarios. Like I know we did the game where it's like you're at a party, someone's gonna come through the door. Like who's this character? 
Mm-hmm. And Neil Evans was always the expert who could handle like whatever situation was going on. So like I always try to make a habit of not being the first person, like maybe one of the last ones. Like let's say there's uh, a tiger on loose at this party and uh, an acrobat. So I'd I'd come through the doors, like kind of do a Chris uh, Chris Farley. What was that character? Motivational speaker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Down by the river. Yeah, kind of the, yeah, got yeah the hitch, hitch yeah. the pants, like straighten the glasses. Like this is Neil Nevins here, a professional tiger tamer and an <laughs> acrobat executioner. <laughs> and Excellent. Just find a way to yeah tie it into whatever was going on. It always brought the house down. I think it got to a point where my theater teacher was like, "You got to do something else. It can't always be Neil Nevins." <laughs> so I'm, I'm more Neil than Blake at this point. <laughs> you say yeah that's you know, very sending, good sending used condoms to my my co-workers uh just putting the joker yeah. makeup on damaged on the on the forehead <laughs> this is a neil Nevins like we haven't seen before <laughs> that's excellent um so i'm gonna go down to my trivia questions i always start and end with the first two questions here the first one is what is movie uh what is movie movie is Moving images and they make you go with excitement. <laughs> excellent, good. excellent, excellent. Um, what director, in your opinion, makes for the best actor? Director that makes for the best actor. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. It might be a hot take. Might not. But I'm gonna go with Clint Eastwood. Like he's just always oh, yeah. reliable when he puts himself in the movie and. I think I like one of the more subtle ones is play Misty for me, mm. which we watched one of my film classes. Like I'd never even heard of it before then, which I think was his first like directorial debut. And it's maybe like a little bit of egotistical casting. Cause like he's casting himself as like the hot radio DJ who this woman wants to <laughs> sure, have sure. sex with. But <clears throat> like, no, like he, he turns a good performance in the action scenes. And I, you know, he's done some, some like rom-coms. Like, there was some baseball movie that came out in the early thousands where, like, Amy Adams is his daughter. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I but... want to see Clint Eastwood in a rom-com now that I know he's done that. I had Maybe no idea. it wasn't a rom-com, but it was just, like, this goofy, like, dad character. And it was like, yeah, good for him. Like, he's not afraid to just put himself in there for whatever type of movie he's making. And oh, That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I always forget there are people that start as actors that then go to direct. Because I'm always like, oh, do you think, you know, I'm always like, ah. and then I was always like, because someone said Ben Affleck at one point, and I was like, Ben Affleck? And I'm yeah, like, oh, right, I, I suppose say, he I does direct. More, uh, yeah, I do want to see more Bradley Cooper directing after Star was born. Mm-hmm. I was kind of on the fence about that, but yeah, it was it impressed me, so hopefully nothing So the next question is, in the Pixar animated film Cars, mm. They have mouths. Do they eat? And if so, what? I, I feel like this was in the movie. Like, don't they go to that cafe where they're they they drink the oil, but that's like their sustenance for them. Okay, I've never seen oh, the movie. But cars too. Okay, so cars too. I haven't seen, but the, like I, I did work at a theater, and there was this like the okay brag working where... at a theater. Big credentials <laughs> here. Oh no, I, I can tell you some stories. It's not brag worthy. But mm-hmm. there's like there's a clip where Mater goes to Japan and it's like, oh, what if what if go went to Japan? He would mistake w- wasabi for pistachio ice cream, which does happen. So like he asked for 
a big scoop of wasabi like he would ice cream. So ice cream exists. Like there are food forms in this universe, (laughs) but they also need oil for sustenance. Like I feel like the more you really scratch the surface of the Cars universe, just the deeper the hole gets. And it's not a hole I want to go down. (laughs) It's fantastic. Okay. What is a film that you'd like people to remember that they normally don't? Like that seems to be wiped from the consciousness of humanity. Um, I guess my, my traditional answers have actually kind of gotten a resurgence as of the last couple of years, but I'd have a serious one, which is a uh, true stories uh, directed by David Byrne, probably my favorite movie of all time. But mm-hmm. up until it got a criterion release in like 2018, I uh, just really, no one knew about it. Like it didn't get talked about much. It wasn't on any streaming. It still isn't like Warner Brothers owns it, but it's not on HBO Max on Criterion. But it is a just a very endearing, sweet little film about what if David Byrne came to this small Texas town and just kind of showed you the people around it, you know, showed you their stories and what they're going through. And in between, there's a whole bunch of really kick ass talking head songs. That sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Someone who used to live in Dallas, like I've been to the locations where they filmed it. Like I, I recognize that scenery and it's very personal to me. And then on the less serious answer, uh, that would definitely mm-hmm. be 1994's Clifford, starring Martin Short. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, again, okay. on the resurgence. Yeah, did, did you want to <laughs> talk well, about that one? Here's the thing. I've never seen the movie, but I've heard so many people talking about that movie within the last year, having never heard about it before. And so mm-hmm. I simply must see it. I think it has to do with only murders in the building and Marty Short finally being in the culture again. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's he's having a moment right now, which I'm always happy for more Marty Short. There was that, yeah. that time period in the early thousands where he just wasn't really being used like to his full strengths, but... No, I guess I guess for the viewers who don't know, this is uh, the a film that is the definition of insane, where Martin Short plays a ten year old child (laughs) who is literally evil and ruins his uncle's life. All of that sounds fantastic. Not heartwarming. It's not well. It's not a good movie, but it's it's a movie I love. Like I just I just cackle like a madman every time he is on scene. (laughs) Excellent, and this is like. 40 year old martin short playing this child right or like i think 30. so I'm, I'm not sure the age of martin short but it was like a full adult yeah full adult like he's you know <laughs> i think they put all the other actors except for him like on a, a platform so they were elevated it's like you'll see like charles groden like mugging at this like shit-eating grin martin short and like a little child's <laughs> wig with a toy dinosaur and there is a scene like where you literally just like see the light leave Charles Gordon's eyes as he realizes this nephew of his is evil <laughs> and is out it's to been, get him. It's, it's so good. Oh, I always tell my friends like if we had seen this movie back in our theater days, we would have done this as like a a duet <laughs> sequence. It's great. That's fantastic. I have two more questions for you. Next mm-hmm. one is: If you had to kill a Marvel character forever, which one would it be and why? Um, Marvel character like Marvel Cinematic Universe, or just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about movies, it's about movies, it's about movies, the pictures. Uh Trying to think of which Marvel movies I haven't been digging or I never want to see again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you have to bear with me on this answer, Mm -hmm. on this answer, but it would be Scarlet Witch. 
Okay. And that's not that's not a sexist thing. That's not it's because she's a girl. I just I never want to hear the accent again. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I know I know I'll give credit to Elizabeth Olsen. She has been moving away from the accent. She has. It literally sounds like Tina Fey in the Muppets Most Wanted movie. Oh, that's all I can dr- think about. <laughs> it can I tell you, I'm with you 100 percent That was the most the nicest thing about WandaVision was the fact that she was not doing the accent. Yeah, she can just be herself. And I was like, like oh, this was great. She's great in this. Oh, that's fantastic. And finally, as always, why do you think Austin Powers is so sexy? What about him? Oh, it's the chest hair. It's the chest hair. It's the chest hair, yeah. The like virility because of the chest hair. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And that's like an animal. And I think so, like uh mm-hmm. really quick, like there's behind the scenes footage on the DVD of Goldmember where they're like showing the the shooting of the college sequence where like they're literally like taping the hairy chest to the guy who's playing young Austin. <laughs> it's it's surreal. <laughs> that is fantastic. I did not know that. That's very good. Um are you ready for the game? Yeah, let's get to it. I will get a random word. Here we go. Team. T-E-A-M. Team. Ooh. Team. So it's like a buddy movie. It does sound like a buddy movie. I think I have a kind of notion right away if you want to hear it or if you have something, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you get started. I'll, I'll see what I can get the gears going. I think it's about um, some biologists trying to search for new life on Mars. And then they find out that it is, in fact, teeming with life. That's where my mind goes. Mm. Um, and I think it's a I think a buddy cop or a buddy movie would be great for that. Like there's these two scientists and they like kind of an odd couple thing going off of your thing where they're, you know, they're shoot They're going to Mars. It's not a. It's like planes, trains, and automobiles, but in space. How does that sound? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. So, if John Candy were still with us, I think a sci-fi would have been a fantastic uh, fit for him. In in my mind, I'm now just superimposing him as Barf from Spaceballs next to. Mm-hmm. I feel like where my mind is going, like when you think of Mars, is like, can we like fan cast actors who were? Past oh yeah, absolutely. Breaking yeah, limits. We reunite Steve Martin and John Candy. Fantastic. And we kind of like have a the Martian approach where they're stranded on Mars. Uh, and we'll maybe go like that's the twist is it's teeming with life. But for that first half, it's like he's stuck on Mars in this outpost with the person he hates the most mm-hmm. who is on his team. Like the rest of the scientists like <laughs> left them behind. Because there was some emergency. Yeah, maybe there's a fake out where he thinks he's by himself. And he's like, well, you know what? This, is, this isn't this is so bad. Mm-hmm. But then he like, here's a toilet flush and you see John Candy. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, with like, the Mars Times newspaper. That's very good. I like that a lot. Um, may I, for the title, I feel like it's got to be planes, trains, automobiles, and spaceships. Is the and Mars buggies or Mars, yeah, Mars buggies. whatever that's. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I like the fake out. Like Steve Martin's like, oh my God. And then he finally like so it's like the first five minutes are just them getting there. And then there's like 15 minutes of just Steve Martin thinking he's like we really yeah. everyone I think, I think really we should thinks. have a sequence where he's going through all the stages of like, you know, grief, denial, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And when he's made his peace with the fact that he's alone is when we bring in John Candy. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. 
Oh, that's so good. And then what about this? They're like, obviously, they're not getting along. You know, famously, they don't like each other, really. But at a certain point, they do discover that there is life on Mars. David Bowie mm -hmm. finally has his question answered. <laughs> and either they get life on Mars, but it's a kind of um, almost a viral sort of life. And so it gets a sample of John Candy's DNA and then re replicates so many John Candies because this is what it thinks that humans are. <laughs> and so it's just one <laughs> Steve Martin and like 12 John Candies. Oh, oh yeah, I, and I think we actually get kind of dark with it near the end. So, mm -hmm. like, let's have them out on like a, a mission, like in their suits, like far from the post. And th this is maybe after the middle of the movie. Like, Steve Martin is done. He's mm -hmm. at a point where he's about to kill this guy. So, mm -hmm. he's kind of weighed it in his mind. Like, it's not something he wants to do, but he just cannot go another day with him. So he like pulls the oxygen on John Candy's and just kind of like pushes him in a ditch and i oh think is like still kind of being like not even like oh hey man hey what's going on buddy yeah. buddy how as c Martin's just kind of like hopping away abandoning him and we have like a night where c Martin's by himself at the outpost and then like overnight is when the viral infection sets in like let's say like it sets in right away and replicating these john candies so c Martin's like the next day martian sunrise he finally thinks that he has some peace and quiet. And then just off in the horizon, you see like just an army of John Candies <laughs> waving at him gladly. <laughs> I like what happened. Now, is that the end end of the movie or is that like the twist? It's not the end. I think I think okay. we still have to have. uh, Yeah, like the full third act is now we have an entire armada of John Candies. Mm -hmm. And if it was hell before, it's it's even more so now. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think of what what does he end up doing with all these John Candies? Uh, I like obviously they're annoying the hell out of him. What about this? He gets it in his mind <laughs> where he's like, OK, I need I wanted to kill one John Candy. I I need to now. This is a bit bleak because John Candy is unfortunately dead. But like, right. Well, you know, he, there's too many John's candy like and so he goes and he finds the ditch where he, you know, pushed the alpha John candy in the body's still there. He moves the body out and then he throws himself into the life form and the, the oh. virus takes over him. And now there's as many Steve Martins as there oh, are John C. Martins. Right. And they they have to hash it out. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that's great. And see, what if the end is like back on Earth? They recognize that these people are missing and they try to find them. But it's like, well, where are they? Like, we don't know their exact location. The teams of Steve Martins and John Candy's like try to spell out a message like an SOS. But they just can't cooperate. They're all over the place. They can't coordinate that. They don't know where to pick them up. They don't even know why there are so many of these things or what's going on. That they just kind of like maybe we have like a quick little aside at NASA where like they're saying, like, do we want to spend billions of dollars to save whatever's going on here? Yeah, look, they got hundreds of them. They're happy, they're fun. I say we just write this one off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that as an ending. 
I like also like the idea of them going, do we want to? And then it was like, well, we have to second send a second mission. It's like, yeah, we'll just go on the other side of the planet and send them right. there to avoid that. I like that a lot of them kind of like leaving it's them a for very mm-hmm. burn after reading. If you've seen that, that I haven't seen the full thing. No, no it just kind of has a very uh, similar ending like that, where it's just like these side characters come to an impasse and decide that this whole story was just kind of not important and not worth looking into any further. <laughs> so I'm just imagining I'm... that kind of conversation at NASA when they see what's going on down there. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, what? Did we even... <laughs> I, I like the... They're having a good time. Yeah, they're having a good time. I like this idea that also NASA is somehow like... Um, kind of sent both of them away because no, no one likes them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like they're like okay let's just get these guys out the door Ugh. um okay i think that's definitely a movie we've made uh who do you think should direct this picture do you think uh it is kind of a comedy it goes to dark places mm-hmm. so i'm gonna pull out one of my favorite directors so i'm always wanting to see more of is joe dante what joe dante what do i know him from i know that name uh gremlins inner space yes. matinee there it is. Perfect fit. Looney Tunes back in action. Maybe doesn't work there it is. so much. <laughs> this is his big comeback. Let's get let's get team by Joe Dante to be the, the big comeback. Absolutely. Um, if we can't get Steve and John Candy, let's just say that they say no. Who do you think should our alternatives be? For like a um, modern. Let's see. I feel like Downey and Galifianakis were good in Due Date. Due Date? But, mm-hmm, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it's Galifianakis. Can I know think... the worst possible universe is James Corden being cast as the <laughs> Duncan. Although that would be oh, very no. annoying, so I, I'd believe it. You know what? That might actually be genius. Oh, I mean... Me on Mars, I, I might get to a point where I have to pull the oxygen and push him in the crater. <laughs> okay, so what about this? Two options. Um, either I, I was thinking who would hate to be around James Corden the most, and I thought Liam Neeson <laughs> because that dynamic's got to be. Or alternative, we get Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just yeah, let's um, recreate the Banshees, but on Mars. Yeah, Banshees of Inisherin, little green men. Um, yeah. Anyway. So I like that. I like our movie. Do you want to do a quick lightning round? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So Bush, B-U-S-H is the first word. And for me, my movie that would be Bush would be about a guy in the outback who's a drover, who, you know, cattle driver, and um, tries to eliminate the competition by infecting uh rivals cattle with with tb but then it all goes wrong mm. for him what is your your movie about bush i went in a completely different direction <laughs> go for it um i went to adam mckay hmm. making a movie about jeb bush's 2016 presidential <laughs> campaign excellent with of course the climax being please clap please clap yep <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Um, the next one we have is let's see. Come on. 
Insure, I-N-S-U-R-E. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Or oh, insure. So is it like the... I-N, not E-N. I-N. Like okay. insurance. Yeah. Hmm, um, I think going to the insurance, it might be like a revenge or like a heist type film. Like, mm-hmm. let's say like it's just a put upon worker who like just had this like I don't know, maybe they tripped on their way to work, like into the train station, like had this really bad like leg injury or foot injury, and the insurance is denying their claim. Mm-hmm. So I want to see them like get a team together, like other put upon workers who have also mm-hmm. had their work insurances uh, deny their claims or just give them a hard time. And they also have their injuries. So, like, I want to see them like do a heist of the big insurance company. Well, like, you know, one guy's still like hobbling on one foot maybe the other's like so blind out of one eye so they're trying to make it work to their best abilities but they do still have these yeah deficiencies so to speak yeah that's very fun like and i would imagine at some point there's got to be a sequence where they like get in they all but basically make a voltron of some kind where they uh... (laughs) um and then there's an accident and their car insurance denies their claim (laughs) no uh, um, for insure, I think it's about an indecisive man who is trying to get a new Lisa on life after his wife leaves him, and it's called in question mark sure, and he learns to say oh, yes, kind of like yeah. Yes Man, starring Jim some, Carrey. Some grammar into the mix, that's great. Thank you. Um, I feel like we need more like question marks and exclamation points and. In movie titles like i always see the statistics yes. like oh audiences don't like that and i just i just cannot get behind that philosophy i agree and i think that exclamation points at the end of every movie title it should be except for maybe you know you don't want schindler's list or whatever that might be <laughs> <laughs> totally bad but imagine if tar had an exclamation point how cool mm. would that be <laughs> come on <laughs> Um, I, more confusing titles like add that question mark just so the audiences don't feel like they're being talked down to <laughs> for sure the fancies of an assurance like <laughs> oh they don't get it either i'll give it a shot yeah that's fantastic um ooh, we have deter d-e-t-e-r i believe that's deter or deter i don't know i've never uh looked at this word before to my knowledge um i think uh so I think mine is a stop out motion film from Henry Selleck about a little German boy who loves to eat chocolate and lives in a magical house named Dieter. And that is my movie about Dieter. <laughs> what about you? Okay, so are we getting quick question? Are we getting a child actor to play a little German child or are we like going a, a big name to draw on the, the normies? I th- I think the child is a child, and then his parents are played by John Goodman and Catherine Hahn, and they're both doing equally bad German accents. <laughs> and there's a magical, there's like a magical, uh, I'm going to say, I want to say cat, but I think that's too obvious, but some sort of magical animal played by Werner Herzog. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, some sort of. German bird, maybe. A bird is perfect. A burner herd sock. <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah. 
All right. What do you got for a deter or deter for me? Uh, for deter, I'm going to romantic comedy. Nice. Like, let's say, like, this young couple, like, breaks up. And it's it's a mutual breakup. Like, they're both very accepting. But let's just say, like, the guy is the kind of like, oh, no, I've been thinking, like, let's try this again. Like, you know, you were right. I want to change. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And just the girl just, nope, she wants to be done. She wants to see other people. So just time and time again, he keeps trying to reopen this relationship. And it gets to a point where she has to start doing these outrageous things to deter him. Mm-hmm. To, to off-put him and... Like, maybe she's, like, doing something outrageous, like, walking out naked and, like, causing a public scandal. <laughs> and hey. he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I saw this on the news. Uh, we'll get you help. We'll talk to the right people. Uh, like, I think, if anything, you need a friend back in your life more than ever. That's... Oh. Kind of the cat came back of relationships. You can't get rid of this guy. I like that a lot. I feel like you need someone like really, really who has like a really lovely quality about them, like a, like a Reese Darby or a Jason Sudeikis, where you're like, oh, yeah, perfect. yeah, no, Both you know, you'll be, yeah, you know, we'll get you help. And this other person's going and saying that's very good. Okay, we got one more, and we will do. Let's get a good one. Ambition, ambition. I leave it to you first, if you don't mind. Ambition. Um, I'm actually gonna go to a place that I can really probably relate to. Very personal is mm-hmm. uh kind of a coming of age story. Like mm-hmm. you know that age, like right around end of high school, early college. Uh, say this student who just very aimless, no idea what they want to do, no real drive to do anything. Uh, all their friends know where they're going, know their fields of study, know what they want to do long term, and they just it doesn't click for them. So it kind of gets to a come to Jesus point of like, I need to figure out my life. So just through a series of escapades and montages, they just try a little bit of everything career wise. Mm -hmm. And kind of this maybe a ticking clock to college applications like this is going to close, you know, a month before the end of graduation. So they're just like meeting all these different people, like doing all these things. Like, let's say they try construction. Let's say they try like marine biology. Mm-hmm. but uh, a little bit of comedy but also kind of has like a heart to it like this you know idea that I think people really need to know that you don't need to know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're young mm-hmm. and you know maybe they do meet someone who is like older 60s 70s and like oh I, I started this five years ago like it, it took me a long time to get there but you know it's I was like you I tried a little bit of everything and it just didn't take until the right moment at the right time in my life and just really I guess have that message for kids that it's okay, you know, you're not mm-hmm. gonna know exactly what you're gonna do by the time you get out of high school. Mm. I like that. So. I like that a lot. Very Ambition. good. Ambition. I am sitting here trying to think of any sort of way to break up this word and make a stupid pun, but I can't other than I'm ambit I O N. So it's about a bunch of computer bits that they are, they realize that they're sentient. They come to realize that they am bit I on, I don't know. That's nothing. So, um, Ambidian. Ambidian. Yeah. Ambidian. Ooh, actually, I kind of like that. I think I'm ambition. I'm going to go with 
it's about a it's about a chef a guy that wants to be a chef that's in right now i could sell a chef show a chef movie pretty easy and it's what the 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 bear really opened that up it's about a it's about a guy who wants to be a chef and here's the thing the person that is helping him is played by Patton Oswalt and it is almost ratatouille again um <laughs> Greta 2, T-W-O-E, if you will. Um, but it is about a, a young person trying to become a chef and the best of the best. And, of course, that leads to them overexerting themselves and making sacrifices that they shouldn't. So kind of the um, opposite of your film. Mm. Like, I need, I know exactly what I want and I'll do anything for it, but that undermines all of this other stuff. Anyhow, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of my like strongest words of, of cooking. <laughs> sure. Yes. Oh, here's an idea. Okay, what if we do mm-hmm. what M Night did with Split? Like, let's say the end of the ambition. This guy's like at his own restaurant. He's like, yeah. Uh, what wasn't there this one chef that like had a food truck, mm-hmm. like reinvented the Monte Carlo sandwich, and, like toward the country, and then we like pan over to John Favreau sitting at a table. <laughs> his name was Chef. It's a secret sequel for Chef 2. <laughs> Chefing it up. You go into Ambition, you walk out for like the big the big movie where they set up the next one where this chef oh. is going to meet Chef from Chef. Perfect. I could not love it anymore. <laughs> Thank you very much, Blake. What, uh, what do you want people who listen to this program to know about you? What are uh, you up to? What am I up to? I'm really just kind of a, I'm just some guy. That's the best <laughs> way to put it. Uh, yeah, um, I'm in Chicago. Uh, I go to the Music Box, uh, Gene Sisko lot. If we're ever at the same film, say hi. I work in broadcasting. Love what I do. Love movies. Uh, you can follow me nice. on Twitter. I talk about movies and TV a lot at Neil Nevins, N-E-I-L-N-E-V-I-N-S, all one word. I post cute pictures of my hamster. Sometimes I get a little snarkier about movies, TV, state of the industry than I'd like to. I apologize, but stick around, and there's usually a lot of sincere takes in between all that. Nice. Lovely. What's your hamster's name? Can you remind? My hamster's name is Tula. There's actually nice. a story behind that. See, I wanted to name a hamster Possum, and my <laughs> wife wasn't quite for that, but uh, in, I think, Spanish, Possum is Tula Cueche. Mm. So we kind of got the Tula from that, and yeah, she's she's very adorable. That's lovely. Well, thank you very much for being on. I appreciate it. Ah, thanks for having um, me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. If you want to get early access to the shows like this, I'm speaking to the listener now. If you want to get early access to the shows, uh, you can go to tristanmiller.substack.com and subscribe there. But thank you very much again, Blake. Again, great movies, great time. Appreciate yeah, your time. Thank you. Here. And <laughs> hey, watch Clifford. Let me know. Thanks. I, I absolutely will. I might. I'm staying with my parents right now as of this recording, and I might try and make them watch it. They probably have seen it, it is, and it don't want to see it again. To watch for the crowd, or just more people <laughs> in general, engage their responses. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.